firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. And to the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith. Even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also you have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. May God bless the hearing, receiving, and perceiving of his holy word. Amen. So today we continue this Look at the book of Revelation, taking one small step at a time. Today we look at the letter from Jesus to the church at Pergamum. Pergamum was a very wealthy city about 20 miles inland from Smyrna. Uh, Pergamum was a very uh, wicked city. It had uh, worshipped many uh, cults and false gods, Athena, Asclepius, Dionysus, and Zeus. Uh, Pergamum had a famous university with a very large library, and they manufactured a parchment, a paper called Pergamina. Uh, but the atmosphere of this city was completely contrary to the way of God and to the things of God. Remembering this is John, the Apostle John, the disciple John, who writes this letter to the church, but he's really just the uh, hand that's writing it. These are the words of Jesus Christ revealed to John while he's on the island of Patmos in exile, and he's told him that he's going to reveal to him and show to him the things that were, the things that are, and the things that are to come. And he starts off with these letters to the seven churches. These letters to the seven churches are important for what they teach historically, but they're also vitally important to us today to look at the very things that, that Christ warned about and admonished them about. Life hasn't changed. People haven't changed. The struggles that existed then still exist today. The sin that was there then is no different than the sin that is here now. We have to listen to the Word of God, take it in, meditate on it, 
and be conformed to Christ because he is the way, he is the truth, he is our life. So let's look at just what the letter is saying to the church there in Pergamum. He he said he's writing it to the angel of the church, as we discussed before. That would be the pastor of the church. So he's not writing to to the lost people in Pergamum. There are plenty of them, many more of them. But he's writing to the Christians there in the church at Pergamum. He says, the words of him who has the sharp two-edged sword. The two-edged sword is the word of God. Jesus is the word, and we have the word of God written down in what we call the Holy Bible. Uh, It is two-edged because it both provided the way of life and also showed the way of death, the sword of salvation as well as the sword of death. And it represents the the power and the ability of the Word of God, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, as we read in Hebrews 4.12. It would be impossible to overstate the significance and the importance of the Word of God to the people of God. If we're not taking in that word of God on a daily basis uh, and not just a, a drop here and there, then we are turning our back on the one true great source of enlightenment in our hearts, not enlightenment as the word world sees it, but enlightenment from the word of God. And Jesus is the word of God. He says in verse 13, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. It's not known for sure what's meant by where Satan's throne is, but certainly there was much uh, ungodly activity and beliefs and worship in the city of Pergamum, just as there is in the world today. Uh, It might very well refer to several pagan gods Uh, one of which was in the form of a serpent. And he strongly commends them. He says, even though you're in such a difficult place, such a, a satanic place, yet you hold fast my name and you did not deny my faith. In, in other words, we can't allow ourselves to be corrupted by the world around us. We can't allow ourselves to say, well, it's so bad in, in the world today or in this area where I live that it's okay uh, because I'm doing better than them. We're not called to do better than our neighbors. We're called to be holy. We're called to follow after Christ. And he, he went on and said, even when uh, my servant, faithful witness Antipas, was killed or martyred, you remain faithful. You are my faithful witness, even in the face of all that difficulty. So he's commending them for standing strong in difficult times. And he's also warning us that we cannot use the excuse of the times to turn away to the right or the left, but that we must stand strong and put our trust and our hope in the one true living God. 
But then he says, but I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. In the context of the letter as originally written, he's talking about the intermarriage of the Christians with the the women heathen women who were worshipers of false gods and idols and and also as with Balaam there were involved the consuming of meat that had been offered to idols so it's not for Christians to be molded or conformed or shaped by the world around us not to give in to the world around us but to be transformed or changed in our mind and remain solid in Christ. This is, this is not a suggestion. This is God's command to us. He also referenced sexual immorality. And no matter where we come from, where we've been, because this is an area that I certainly have failed in and all have failed in, if they'll be honest, because it's not, as Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, it's not just what we do, but anything we've thought. And he's saying, come out from that. You, you cannot live that way. You must stand strong regardless of what's going on in the world around you. And we're not in a worse time than there ever was, but we're in a time that's just like it was then. There is much immorality and much turning away from God. And often with the belief or claim that that they're actually honoring God. Satan doesn't have to convince us that there is no God, but that we can compromise and do things and we'll be all right with God. And that's not from the word of God. That's from the liar, Satan himself. And then he tells them the, the second thing that you have some, meaning some there in the church, not out in the world, who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And he's speaking there about, at least in part, compromise with the world around us. I don't know that it's ever been worse in the history of the, of the church, the body of Christ, for compromise. He's not talking about compromise by people that are lost because they're not compromising. They're just doing what lost people do. But he is strictly warning the church, the body of Christ, individual Christians, from compromising the truth of God to blend in with the world around us. He, he's saying we must not do that. That this We're doing what God hates when we give in that way. And then he says to, to those who have, he said, therefore repent. In other words, just like it says in, in John first John one nine, he says, If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So likewise don't allow Satan and his lie to tell you, well, you're not any good. You can't have any part of God. Of course you can. You're in Christ. Nothing in all creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. But he says, therefore, repent. 
If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. The word of God is the sword, and it is a witness against us. He said, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He says, to the one who conquers, and the one who conquers is the one who puts his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who receives him as his Lord and Savior, as a gift from God by faith alone, by trusting fully in Christ. He said, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. The the manna was what God fed the Israelites with, manna from heaven, the hidden manna is is the word of God, it's the presence of God, it's the promise of God, it's our relationship in Christ Jesus that's not visible to the world around us, but it is a greater food than any food we could ever consume. It is the living bread, the waters of life. It is Christ himself and the hope that we have in him. He said, and I will give a white stone with a new name written on the stone. The exact meaning of that is not known, but what's really important is that when we're in Christ, we're accepted by Jesus himself, and we're reconciled to God, and we're a new creation in Christ. So that's what's really important here is that that who we are in Christ Jesus And there's nothing, there's no stone, there's no riches, there's no wealth in this world that compares to that. So the letter to the church at Pergamum is is a reminder that we're called to stand strong in Christ, not deny our faith, to to be willing to uh, say like Paul said in, in Romans 1, 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew and for the Greek also. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from heaven, uh, for righteousness is from faith and by faith. So we're, we're called to stand strong in Christ, stand on the word of God, not compromise with the world around us, not, not put stumbling blocks in front of other Christians by doing things that are contrary to the word of God, and not to be formed into the shape of the world around us, but to stand in Christ, in Christ alone. For it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. In the life we now live in the flesh, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen. Praise God. Lord, help us. Help us to be the people you put us here to be. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.